are continuing in our study, Seeing Jesus in Every Book of the Bible. How many of you are enjoying this study? One. And uh, so we're, we're going through the Bible by the books. Amen? Amen. And uh, I, I want you to know that we're doing, we're doing a, a, a condensed survey of the Bible because there's so much. And it's inexhaustible. And uh, so we're doing a condensed survey so we can see Jesus in every book of the Bible, so we can see the unity in the Bible, so we can see what God was up to from the beginning to the end. Not the end of the Bible, to the end of the world. Because from the beginning all the way to the end, he's been about one thing. Does anybody know what that one thing is? Salvation of mankind through what with him? Through a relationship with him. Hallelujah. Right? And through it all, he's been about loving who? Us. How many of us? All of us. He's been about loving all of us. And we can see that when we study the Bible. We can see him being about that from the beginning all the way to the end. So we've been studying and looking at the first books of the Bible, um, the ones written by Moses, and they, they have a special name. What is the name for the first five books of the Bible? The Pentateuch. Right? All right, you're learning. Praise the Lord. Very good. And, um, and we are studying these books. And last time, which one did we focus on? See, I told you a short pencil is better than a long memory. Huh? Leviticus. And that's what book of the Bible? The last one? The third. It's the third book of the Bible, right? And, and I tell you, I, every time I tell you, I keep trying to go faster, but it's not working. So we're just going to go with the pace the Holy Ghost say. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Can anybody tell me one thing you remember about the book of Leviticus? Say that again. Okay, this talking about the sacrifices. What else do you tell me what one thing you, somebody else remembers about the book of Leviticus? Talks about holiness. Talks about having a relationship with God. He was asking his people to be holy because he is holy. Okay, very good. Anybody else remember one thing about the book of Leviticus? It is mentioned 17 times in the New Testament, which indicates to us that it's important. Which indicates to us that people in the New Testament knew something about Leviticus, which is the third book of the Bible. Because when the New Testament, when, in the New Testament times, was there a New Testament? Uh, no. There was not. 
So what was there? The Old Testament. So that, so that would be the one that they would know, correct? That would be the one that they were being taught. That would be the one that, that would be on the inside of them. And because the, the people that we focus on when we read the New Testament were Jewish people, how come they knew so much about Leviticus? Or, the, or how come they knew so much about the Old Testament? I told you this last time. How, how, how did they know so much about it? They were taught. They were taught. Did they, were they taught once they went to college about, about the Pentateuch? They had to learn at home from childhood. They had to study and learn it because it represented, it represented their relationship with God and it represented their culture. And so they, and they valued, say valued, valued it. They valued it. And uh, did that stop when New Testament times came? It did not stop. Has it stopped yet? No. How do we know it hasn't stopped yet? I can't hear you. They still celebrate many of the observances talked about in Leviticus. They still do, they still practice those things. Tell me one thing that's still practiced. Yom Kippur, okay? Yes, the Day of Atonement, right? Very good. Yes. All right. Okay, we're getting somewhere. Glory to God. So, so, so how did we see Jesus in Leviticus? He, okay, when they, when they were taught about sacrificing, we know that Jesus came to be our sacrifice. So in, in the book of Leviticus, we're learning all about, about their, uh, their worship and their style and their, and their offerings and their sacrifices and their feast days and their observance days um, and all of that was representative of Jesus because he became the sacrifice because before Jesus came who was the sacrifice animals lambs goats sheep right cows they were the sacrifice. Amen? Okay. So, um, let's go a little further tonight, okay? We're going to still be in Leviticus, okay? But I, I want you to see something really, really awesome tonight um, that that's a link between Old Testament, New Testament, types of Jesus, symbols of Jesus in the Old Testament, and the reality of Jesus in the New Testament. Okay? All right. So the, the sacrifices and the offerings in the Old Testament came by way of something called the Mosaic Law. Say Mosaic. Mosaic. The Mosaic Law. So what, what was the Mosaic? Where did the Mosaic Law come from? Hmm? 
Say, I say that again. Say that again. Moses. Okay. Mosaic stands for Moses. Okay. It's not a design. Okay. It's, okay. It's, it's not design. All right. It stands for Moses. The Mosaic law. The law, God's law was given to Moses for the, for the people. Okay. So, so the Mosaic law was given by God to Moses for who? For the people. What did the, and the Mosaic law covered many, many things. Tell me one thing that was a part of the Mosaic law. The Ten Commandments. How many know about the Ten Commandments? Who wants to recite them for me? <laughs> no takers, what? <laughs> In the Mosaic law, there, there is a delineation of what the sacrifices were to be. That when you brought an offering to the Lord, could you bring any old ragtag thing for an offering? No. You had to bring an offering that was clean, without spot, without blood. Why? Because God is holy. And what kind of offerings would he prefer? Clean and holy offerings. Like the sheets you would prefer, the clean ones. <laughs> okay? He preferred the clean. And so in the Mosaic law, there was a lot of laying out what, clean, 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 clean. Not just in sacrifices, not just in offerings, but there was a lot of rules and regulations about how people were to function so that they could be holy before God and that there would be order among the people. Why do you think that there, that there needs to be laying down of the laws so that there would be order among God's people. Because they had an out-of-order problem, didn't they? They had an out-of-order problem. <laughs> they had an out-of-order problem. Has that gone away? No, it has not gone away. Amen. It extended even to us. Well, it's true anyhow. Amen. Amen. So they had an out-of-order problem. So, so in that time, the Mosaic Law contained many, 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 many procedures, laws, protocols, this is how you do this. This is how you do that. This is how you behave. This is how you don't behave. And I want to exhort you all to read the book of Leviticus in a modern translation of the Bible. Because in there, you'll have no doubt and you won't wonder. I wonder what this means. If you, sometimes when you read it in the King James Version of the Bible, you're like, what does that mean? I'm not sure what that means. You need to read a modern day version of the Bible. You need to read the New International Version of the Bible. Or you need to read the New King James Version of the Bible. Or you need to read the Message. How many of you like the Message Bible? Chris, clear, as, clear as crystal. 
No, you're not, no, right, there's going to be no stammering and stammering over what does it mean. But I exhort you to read the book of Leviticus in a modern day translation because you will see how serious it was when God said, Be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Okay. So, uh, the sac but the sacrificing all the time uh, became a reminder to people of what they had done wrong. Because they did a lot of stuff wrong. They, you know, I mean, like on the regular. And, um, and in that time, what was laid out in the Mosaic Law was that uh, for them to come into right relationship, back to right relationship with God, there needed to be shedding of blood. Why would there need to be shedding of blood? Because blood represents something. Blood represents life. So, if so symbolically, the shedding of blood is communicating that I'm laying my life down for the sake of being in right relationship with God. Does that make sense? Okay. So we have said that um, all of what was happening in Leviticus was um, a precursor to Jesus coming, and the sacrifices were symbolic of Jesus laying his life down. Um, but I want you to see how strongly that's communicated. So let's turn in our Bibles to New Testament, to the book of Hebrews. Use your table of contents or something, if you're not sure. This is study, so we can use a table of contents. Amen. Amen. If you don't know where it is, that's all right. What do you do with every other book? You, you go to the table of contents, find out what, what page does it start on. Amen. Amen. You know, in the old church, they'd be looking at you all strange and weird, like if you didn't know where it was. But this ain't, the, this ain't that church. This is a teaching church. Amen. Amen. So we're here to learn. Hebrews chapter 8. Looking at sacrifices, looking at offerings, looking at Jesus coming to sacrifice himself. Are you in Hebrews? Are you at chapter 8? Okay, let's go to verse 6. Are you there? Okay. Now, as we're looking at these passages, I want you to have a few things in your mind. One of the things I want you to have in your mind is that you're going to hear repetition. Say repetition. You're going to hear some things over and over again. Why would the Lord say the same thing more than one time? Because he wants to make sure we get it. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more you hear it, the more you should be able to get it. Okay? All right. So I want you to be alert for repetition. I want you to be alert for, um, for what is repeated. Okay? Some things you're going to hear more than one time, but I, I, I'm going to make you be alert, so I'm not going to tell you what they are. Okay? <laughs> Glory to God. 
All right, Hebrews chapter 8, beginning at verse 6. It says, but now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. Stop. Who do you think he is in that passage right there? Jesus. Very good. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. Who's the mediator of a better covenant? Jesus, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. If that first covenant had been what? Faultless. What was the first covenant? The law. Okay? The Mosaic law. All the rules, all the regulations, all the stipulations. If it had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second Verse 8, for finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. Are you getting that? For this is the... Wait a minute, let's back up. Okay? Let's go to verse 9 again. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. What is that talking about? When Moses led them out of Egypt, out of Egypt, which was called what? The second book of the Bible? Exodus. Okay, talking about the Exodus. So now God has moved on from there. Okay? So he says, not according to that covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. They continued what? Not in my what? What does that mean? They were disobedient to the law. On the regular. Verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. Saith the Lord I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Okay? So where is the law at now? In our minds, in our hearts. All right. Skip over to verse, to chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Are you there? Okay. Let's begin at verse 1. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 1 says, For the law having a shadow of good things to come. Remember, we talked to, have we talked about shadows before? 
We talked about the fact that things in the Old Testament were shadows of things to come. God showing what he would do in the future. So for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never, with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually, make the comers thereunto perfect. What does that mean? That means that the sacrifices that were offered, even though they were offered according to the law, they could not make anybody perfect. Okay? Verse 2, for then would they not have ceased to be offered. What does that mean? The day came when they stopped offering animal sacrifices. Because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. So if the, if the sacrifices would have made them perfect, then there would have been no need for a new covenant. But the sacrifices could never make them perfect. Verse 3. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. What does that mean? That means every year they had to make a new sacrifice, and when they brought the new one, they remembered the old stuff. Lord have mercy. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I, Lord, I'm sorry, but I, I just remember when I was, I was 18, I just tore up some stuff, and oh God, when I was 25, while they're bringing the new offering. Okay. Verse 5. I'm sorry. Verse 4. Are we there? Says, For it is, in, it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. It was to cover the sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared for me. Who's me? Jesus. Verse 6. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Why did Father God have no pleasure in the burnt offerings and sacrifices? Because it didn't take away the sin. Because they kept coming back every year with a nice, fresh, new sacrifice with a whole bunch of old, dead sins and remembering them. Are you getting it? Okay. So, verse 7, then said I, who's I? Jesus, lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me. I come to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sin thou wouldest not, neither had pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do the, thy will, O God. Who came to do the will of God? Jesus. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. Who took away the first? 
Jesus. What was the first? The law was first. The old covenant was first. Jesus took it away that he might establish the what? The second. Okay? Also known as the new covenant. Okay? By whose will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Are you at verse 10? It says, by the which will, doesn't it? Doesn't it say that? It, uh, does that say that, right? Does that make sense to you? Say no. <laughs> okay. So, so why, that doesn't make, why doesn't that make sense to you? Why doesn't that make sense to me? Why? By the witch will. Why doesn't that make sense? Hmm? Because it's not modern day English. <laughs> it's not modern day English. Okay? All right. So, that's what, so when you're reading, when you're studying the Bible on your own, when you run across something like that, you just don't breeze past it like, well, that's just the word. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. It's the word. And you don't know what it means or don't make no sense. Okay. So, by the which will. Okay. So let's, let's take, let's take those three words, the which will. Okay. You got that? Let's take those three words and make one word. Put one word in its place. The one word we're going to put in its place is whose. No, whose. By whose will. Are you getting this? Okay. By whose will we are sanctified. Doesn't that make more sense? Now, now, okay, now, okay, now, okay, now, I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, now, now, all right, now, now, all right, God, I'm, I, I can read the Bible. I, I'm not going to put it down. By whose will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. How often? Once for all. Are you getting this? All right, praise the Lord. Let me see where we're going to go next. All right. Mm. All right, once for all. We're there, right? And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, what man? Jesus, after he had offered how many sacrifices? One sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one, how many offerings? By one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Who are them that are sanctified? The ones made what? Holy. What was Leviticus about? Holiness. Are you seeing the connection? All right. 
Very good. Let's flip back to chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 9. Are you there? Okay, let's, look, let's start at verse 11. And it says, But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. How long is the redemption going to last that Jesus provides? Eternal. The, the, the redemption Jesus provides is eternal. Verse 13. For the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. What does that mean, purge your conscience? Get rid of, cleanse it, make it clean. So you're not walking around feeling guilty. You're not walking around feeling condemned. You're not walking around trying to remember what you did and, and you want to feel and you want to go into a deep depression about what happened in, in 1997. Purge your conscience. Isn't that what it says here? Purge your From what kind of works? Dead works. Whatever's happened in the past is in the past. It's dead. The Lord says, I remember your sins no more. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. He offered himself without spot to God. For what reason? For us. So that we could purge ourselves of dead works. So that means what? He's not holding any past stuff against us. He said, I cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. There is such a thing as the sea of forgetfulness. That's where you're supposed to dump all your past mess into the sea of forgetfulness, not dredge it up like sludge, like mud. Dredge it up so you can feel bad. The Lord don't want you to feel bad over the past. He's already wiped it away with one sacrifice, the precious blood, spotless blood of Jesus. Glory to God. That's good. That's the good news. 
Glory to God. All right. Same chapter. Let's go down to verse 19. I love this. Glory to God. Are you there? Says, for when Moses, y'all know about Moses, y'all know who Moses is, right? Okay, we're all on the same page. Same Moses, okay? Not two Moses, just one in the Bible, all right? Okay, so, so verse 19, for when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. Have you seen that before? Verse 23, it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things, ah, the patterns of things, listen to that, the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Verse 24, for Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. For who? For us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often. Did Jesus offer himself often? No. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, say now. But now, once. What is that word? Once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. By what? The sacrifice of himself. And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was, what's the word? Once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. What is that talking about appear the second time? The coming of Christ. Coming the second time with what? What does it say here? Without what? Without sin unto salvation. Meaning what? You got salvation, your sin had been washed away. Not just covered, washed away. Amen? Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. All right. Glory to God. Let me see. I think I have one more thing. Do I have time for one more thing? Okay, all right. Chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10. All this is linked to Leviticus, isn't it? And you see that now, don't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's, so we went down, I think we got down to verse 18, right? 10, 18 says, now where, now where remission of these is, there is no more offerings for sin. Verse 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Stop right there. In Old Testament time, under the Mosaic Covenant, people could not enter into the holiest place. If they would enter into the holiest place and they were not the priests, they would drop dead because they were deemed not clean, not pure enough to do so. But it's a new day. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for who? For us, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. In the Old Testament time, there was a veil in the tabernacle, and it was a separation from the holy place to the most holy place, and there was a curtain, and they called it a veil. Okay? It was not a wedding veil, okay? Y'all read veil. You thinking about wedding dresses and stuff over the face. It wasn't that. It was really a curtain. So when you see veil, you should think what? Curtain. Okay? So, so now there's no veil. Now there's no curtain between us and the holy place where God is. Because of Jesus. And having, verse 21, and having an high priest over the house of God, which is Jesus, 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that what? He is faithful that promised. Glory to God. I will go on to the next, but then it's going to, I will have to take longer and I don't have the time tonight. Because right there, when the Lord talks about us having faith, then he immediately links it to us connecting with somebody else. Are you getting that? Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to do two verses. All right, come on, come on. Let's go. All right, all right, all right, all right. Verse 23, let us hold fast profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Verse 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. How do we get from making, getting our relationship right with the Lord to him saying, consider? Because the salvation that we have is not just for us. God's done this on purpose. 
Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. What does that mean? Encouraging. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. What day is that? The coming, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Meaning what? Be on your game, be on your job to connect with somebody else so that they will see the amazing gift of salvation made possible for us through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who will separate us from our sin, cast them into the sea of forgetfulness, remember them no more, present us to the Father faultless with exceeding joy. In what we've studied tonight, did you see the word one more than one time? Did you see the more, did you hear the word one more than one time? That's called repetition, right? He's repeating it for a reason, for us to get it, okay? So that we can understand once and for all, would you finally get it? I love you with an everlasting, I laid my life down for you. Your sins are covered once and for all. It's over. Now go on and be a blessing to somebody else. Are you getting this? All right. Did you, did you see anything more than one time about, about the blood? Did you get that? What does it say about the blood? What does it say? What does it say about bulls and goats? We don't need their blood. Their blood cannot take away sin. Cannot. He said that more than one time, just in these two chapters. Wonder why. He wants us to get it. And wanted the people who were reading this to get it. Because the first, per the first people to read the book of Hebrews, what kind of people were they? Huh? What kind of people were they? They were Jews. What's another word for Jews? Hebrews. So why is he repeating this over and over? Because the first people to read the book of Hebrews were Hebrew people. And they were locked into the old covenant. So now, so now Jesus comes with the new covenant. So their minds had to be what? Renewed, turned, changed. They had to get out of one, they had to get out of one way of thinking, one way of being, one way of relating to God. So he's saying the same thing more than one time. Over and over. Just in those two verses. You need to read the book of Hebrews now, too. Amen? Amen. To be continued, to God be the glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God.